This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. This is Healing Sunday. First Sunday of every month I preach on healing. Amen? And because God wants us healed. Amen? And I don't know, there's not a lot of churches. You know, I, 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 I watch a, a lot of churches, you know, well, not a lot, but... I watch churches online and on TV, and I used to watch on TV. I watch online now. And I don't hear a lot of uh, ministers preaching on healing. And uh, I'm telling you, healing was the bulk of Jesus' ministry. And, uh, and I, I think we need to get back to, back to the basics. Amen? And uh, I like what John 10.10 10 says. Amen? Not Ren 10.10, 10, but John 10.10. 10. And uh, glory to God, I'm dating myself. And uh, John 10.10. 10, says the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's Jesus speaking. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So, you know, uh, the title of this message is called to be healed. God is calling us, you know, he's calling us to bear fruit, of course. That's the number one calling that we have in our lives is to bear good fruit for him. Amen. We need to be bearing fruit, but... But I believe that God's calling us to have abundant life, to walk in that Zoe life of God, the God kind of life. And, uh, you know, and, and the God kind of life means that we're walking victorious in every area of our lives. And in other words, we're not losing in life. I see when I'm looking out here, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm not looking at losers t- this morning. I'm looking at winners. I'm looking at victors. And you guys are overcomers in Christ Jesus. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so, and so today, uh, you're, you're, you're called to walk in abundant life. And, and, and divine healing is a grace gift of God. And I believe that every child of God should be walking in that grace gift. The reason why some of us don't is because we just don't know or we've been taught wrong. We've been taught religiously that... that Healing has passed away with the apostles or that healing was only uh, instituted by Jesus to prove out his deity. And, um, but but, but those, those are wrong ideas and wrong th- patterns of thoughts of thinking. Amen. Because Jesus didn't have to prove out his deity. Amen. Uh, and, and Jesus operated as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if he did prove out his deity by the miracles in his own hometown, uh, it says in, in John 6, 5, in his own hometown, he could not do many miracles because of their unbelief. So if he was proven out his deity, he could have done a lot of miracles. But the bottom line was he could not, not that he would not, because of their unbelief. And I'm going to say this, you have to have you know, your faith connected to God's word for his healing power to work in your life. I'm going to say that again. You got to have faith. Look at your name and say, get some faith. Amen. And you're getting some faith this morning. Glory to God. And so, and so you have to have faith. You have to believe that it's God's will to heal you. And for you to walk in, I like to say the next level of faith is not just getting healing, but the next level of faith is walking in divine health. Amen. That's the, that's the target that we should all be focused at is walking in divine health. 
Now that's the bar. Now we may not be getting to that bar. We may, every once in a while, we're going to get attacked with sickness. We're going to get attacked with some of these things. Yesterday I was at, at the beach, amen. And, uh, amen, I got an amen on there. And uh, praise God. And uh, we don't go to the beach too often, but it's a vacation weekend. Let's go to the beach. And so we went to the beach. And, uh, but I, I came back with some sniffles. And my, and, and my eye was, was kind of bloodshot. I don't know if it was the water or what. But I just spoke to it. You know, you just speak to your body. You speak to the symptoms. You speak faith-filled words. And you know what? Your words will change circumstances and situations in your life. But you got to believe that. You know, Jesus said death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So we eat the fruit of our words every day. So I'm believing that today is going to be a better day than yesterday. Amen. And I believe tomorrow is going to be even better. Amen. So, so, so Jesus is calling us to walk in divine health or he's calling us to be healed and he's calling us to walk in that abundant life or that Zoe life of God. And so we know that, 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 that the Zoe life of God is, 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 to, is to know God and to know who he is. In other words, to walk in Zoe is to have fellowship with God the Father through his son Jesus Christ. That's the number one uh, Zoe life key is to walk in fellowship with him, is to have a relationship. We know that Adam and Eve, when they were created and when Adam was created in the garden, that God walked with him in the cool of the day. So God created us for fellowship. So number one, Zoe life or abundant life is to have that fellowship with the father. Amen. Number two, God, God wants us to be discipled and to grow in him and to be submitted to a local church, amen, to be under a pastor's care, glory to God. That's where you're under divine covering, hallelujah. And so when you're in church and you're, and you're connected to church, you have that divine covering, so the enemy will have a hard time getting to you. In other words, uh, you know, in, when... Uh, God starts speaking to Job about, or uh, to the devil about Job, about how right Job was and how he was upright and all that. Uh, the devil said to, to God that, 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 that the devil could not touch Job because there was a hedge of protection around Job. And I'm going to say this, when you're involved in church, when you're connected in being called, because you're called to a church, hallelujah. I'm talking about called to be healed. I'm ca- talking about called to walk in the abundant life. And you're called, amen, to be in a church. And when you're under that proper covering, the devil's going to have a hard time getting to you. The key is you got to stay in church. And then number three, I'm going to say this, is that, that under the, the, the heading of calling, uh, Jesus or God is calling us to reign and to, to rule and reign in this life through him. And I think sometimes we think and sometimes religion will say to us that we're on our own or that, you know, that uh, that that if we're going to rule and reign, we got to do it ourselves. We got to make it happen ourselves. But no, no, that's where grace comes in. And God's grace us to rule and reign. And we're supposed to rule and reign in our domain. So what does that mean? That means sickness should not be ruling over us. That means poverty 
should not be ruling over us. That means uh, a bad attitude. I'm preaching tonight, this morning. Should not be ruling over. Can I get an amen? Amen. Because that abundant life is, in that abundant life is, is joy. In that abundant life is peace. Amen. In that abundant life is righteousness. Right standing with God in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, I'm in Christ Jesus. Amen. And, and Christ Jesus is in you. Amen. So, so we have the power to rule and reign over sickness in our lives. I like what Psalms 91 verse 10 through 16 says. And this is God's part. It says here, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. So we see here, this is Psalms 91. This is the protection psalm. And yes, you know, David was inspired to write this. And we know that in the Old Testament, there was a provision for healing in the Old Testament. But how much more is that provision in the New Testament? And, you know, God had had seven redemptive names in the Old Testament. And one of his name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord thy God that healeth you. And, you know, he had a provision. And it says in Exodus that, it, that for the people, if they just obeyed God's word and hearkened to his voice and listened to God, that God would make sure that no plague will come near their dwelling. And a lot of people think that it, it switched over and changed because we're in the new covenant. But it's the whole covenant and not just the new covenant that we're under. And so I'm going to say this, if we just walk in the law of love, we're not going to have a problem with sickness. Because that's what law we're under. That law is loving God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Amen. So he's saying here, so I'm saying to you today that, that God is Jehovah Rapha, and some opponents will say, well, you know, healing has been done away with. We have doctors. And, you know, I have the utmost respect for doctors and nurses. But you know what? God did not replace doctors and nurses uh, for himself. In other words, Jesus says he is the great physician. And their supplements, they add to our faith. Amen. They can add to our healing. But God is the one that does the healing. Can I get a witness in the house today? And a doctor can remove stuff. Normally they remove stuff out of your body. But who does the healing? God does the healing. They can cut things out. Glory to God. Amen. They can remove things. But you know what? I'm going to say this. God can remove things too. I'm going to say that God can do surgery too. I'm going to say this. That God can do a miracle in your life. We had a lady that came to our church one time. It was on a Sunday night. She had a herniated disc. She lost her job. And, uh, and, and my mom brought in the testimony to me. I, sh- I guess it's in my office. And she came in and on a Sunday night and, and we prayed for her and God instantly healed her back. And she came in on a crutch and all that. She left it there. Glory to God. And God instantly healed her. She didn't need to go to surgery. The Holy Spirit did surgery on her. And I'm going to say this. Don't discount the power of God and what God can do. God can do the impossible. But don't put all your faith. I'm going to say this this morning. Don't put all your faith in your medicine. Don't put all your faith in the doctor's report. 
Don't put all your faith in, in your vitamins. No, put, don't put your faith in just the food that you eat because we, we kind of go, if you eat the right food, you're going to be okay. Well, you better bless your food. Because, you know, the right, you know, the food that we eat today is not what the food used to be yesterday. Amen. Amen. So whenever you get any kind of food, you better bless that food. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. I bless my food. Amen. Because it doesn't have the nutrients that it used to have. So here it says here, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So that's God's part. Our part is you shall tread, we shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample under your foot. What is, what is the Lord saying? Well, he's saying that we have power over the works of the enemy. You have power. Look at your name and say, I have power. And he says, because he has set his, and now notice the next verse says, because he has set his love upon me, Therefore, I will deliver him. See, that's the key. The, how, you know, we know that and we hear messages a lot of times that God loves us. Oh, his love for us is amazing. His love for us is Jesus going to the cross for us. That's his love. Amen. That's if you get a revelation of, of, of how valuable you are because Jesus paid the highest price. Heaven went bankrupt to get you. Glory to God. And so if you can understand the, the love of God, but here in Psalm 91, it says, I will set him on high, uh, uh, back, back it up, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. In other words, God loves us, but do you love God? Oh, I'm preaching to, to the Methodist church today. You know God loves you, but do you love God? How much love do you have for the Father? I know there was a message preached last Sunday. About uh, John preached uh, the love of, of God, and, and we got we to love God. Amen? And th- here, this is a key to, God, to our deliverance. It says here, because, because we have set our love upon him, amen, that therefore God will deliver us. Amen? God will deliver us. Amen? I think about all the patriarchs in the Old Testament. I, I think about how God has delivered so many of them. Joseph. That, that was a God-fearing man. God delivered him and raised him up to be the prime minister of Egypt. Amen. Uh, Job ended up going through his trial, but he ended up double for his trouble. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. Uh, Daniel, that was walking upright, that loved God, escaped the lion's den. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that loved God, that would not bow their knee to the the golden statue. They would not bow their knee to the world system. And when we're not bowing our knee to the world systems and we're putting our love towards God, God will deliver us. Can I get a witness in the house today? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And I'm not bowing my knees to the, to the devil or to the institutions of the world. I'm bowing my knees to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And I'm setting my love on him. Glory to God. How many people are setting your love? I mean, you know, we got a couple of people here visiting from out of state. Good having you out here. And, and they're on vacation. And I mentioned to them that, you know, even though you might be on vacation, they're going to church on Sunday. They could be at the beach right now. Amen. 
And uh, why? Because their love for God is greater than, uh, their, than them having a good time at the beach. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Now, you can have the good time after church. Amen. You still can go to the beach because there's plenty of sun left. Amen. But what I'm saying is we don't take a vacation from God. No, we know we 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 stay in there. We keep the word before us. We keep walking in God. We set our love upon him because he loves us. And then he says, I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. So what is God looking for? He's looking for some of us to to call upon him. He's looking for some of us to seek him. Like one person says, I can't sense the presence of God. Well, are you seeking him? Because the Bible says if you draw near to God, what will God do for you? He will run as fast, as hard away from you as possible. No, God will draw near to you. So the closer you draw near to him, the closer he draws near to you. And I'm telling you, when he draws near to you, you're going to be walking in mega peace. You're going to be walking in mega joy. You're going to be walking in mega health. Can, can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. Amen. And he says here, I will, do, uh, I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I like to stretch that out a little bit. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And what is he saying? Well, what he's saying here is that with long life, God doesn't want us to have a long, miserable life. He doesn't want us to have a long, sad life, a long, sick life, a long, broke life. Amen. No, he wants us to have a long, abundant life. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. So, so Jesus gives us the power to walk victorious in this life over the power of the devil. Amen. And I'm going to say this. If you keep talking about your problems, then that's all you're going to have is problems. Because when we do that and we magnify the problem or the symptoms in our body or the sickness that's dogging us, then what we do is we make that bigger in our life and that becomes the God in our life, our problems. But when we magnify the bigness of Jesus over our problems, then Jesus becomes bigger. And I'm going to say this, when Jesus becomes bigger, our problems become smaller and eventually we have no problems. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You know, I like one famous preacher said it this way. You don't have any problems or you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. And faith can bring you out of any trial or any tribulation that you might be dealing with. So we have power. I know this, that the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians says that we wrestle against we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness and, and spirit, uh, spirits of darkness and high places. There, there is a spiritual battle going on all the time. You've got to recognize that, that there is a devil out here. And one of the, one of the lies that, that the devil has placed on a lot of, even a lot of Christians is that the devil doesn't really exist. No, he's out here. He's out here to deceive us. To make us think that, uh, 
that a little bit of sickness is what you got to deal with. A little bit of poverty is what you got to deal with. No, not as Christians, glory to God. Amen. Jesus, listen, I'm going to say this. Jesus didn't walk in poverty. Now, the Bible says he became poor, that through his poverty we may become wealthy. But he became poor on the cross. But he had every need met. He, he, had, he had people that followed him, and, and, and he took care of 12 disciples for three years, fed them, kept them in, in, in good shape, glory to God. Jesus was not poverty-stricken except when he went to the cross. Amen. And then Jesus paid the price through the, uh, through the whipping post for our healing, glory to God. Jesus paid the whole price so that we could have that abundant life. So I'm going to say this today. You are a victor and not a victim. And you've got to get a revelation of that. And you need to start talking about how big God is instead of how big your problem is. And in Luke 10, 19, it says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, you need to get a revelation of that because you might have got a bad doctor's report. And that doctor's report may be saying your, your, your days are numbered or uh, uh, this is going to take you down or you're going to have to do some, you know, they're, they're, they're going to, they, they can give you all sorts of, of, of information, glory to God. But he says here that, that, uh, that you have power, that we have power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. This is talking about the works of the devil, amen? This is not, uh, not, not literally, but, but he's saying that we have the power over all the power of the enemy. And he's saying nothing shall any means hurt you. Amen. In other words, that bad doctor's report, whatever, it can't hurt you. Amen. In other words, you can be dealing with something, but it's only a temporary situation subject to change. And I'm going to say this, your situation, what you're dealing with today, if you're dealing with something negative, it's subject to change because you have power and authority over it. Can I get a witness today? In Colossians 1, 13 and 14, it says here, Uh, The Young's literal translation, uh, who did rescue us out of authority of the darkness, out of the darkness, and did translate us into the reign of the son of his love, in whom we have redemption through the blood and forgiveness of sins. So I'm going to say this, that when you received Christ, you were, and what Paul was saying was, you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness, and you were translated into the kingdom of God's dear son's love. And so we're in a different kingdom. We're in a kingdom where we rule and reign. We're not in the kingdom of darkness where we win some and lose some. No, we always win. Maybe those in the the kingdom of darkness win some and lose some, but we don't. We win and win and keep winning. Can I get a witness in the house today? So the devil is behind every bad thing that, uh, well... Most of the bad things that happen in this world. The devil's behind the bad things. The devil's behind all the bad things. God is not instituting the evil in this world. It's the devil and he's working through people. Amen. And, and, he, and he has his kingdom of darkness that he's ruling. And he's trying to rule and reign through. Amen. But I'm telling you, no matter what he's trying to do, our kingdom is greater. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, it says, But my gospel be hid 
uh, is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. So right here in 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul is talking about the devil, and he's saying that the devil is the little, little God of the unbeliever. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? He's the God that's ruling and reigning in, unbelieving, in unbelievers' lives, but, but God is ruling and reigning in our lives. And, and what the Bible says is he's, that the devil's blinding the minds. That's why, you know, we need to be witnessing. We need to be uh, talking to people about Jesus. Why? Because we're light bearers. I was witnessing the other day, uh, uh, I I went out to eat and uh, Ruby Tuesdays, I was witnessing to the waitress and she just seemed so nice. She just seemed like a Christian. I said, are you a Christian? You just seem so super nice because Christians are supposed to be nice. (laughs) We're not supposed to be grumpy, (laughs) angry. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? We're, we're, We're supposed to be like, wow, you're really nice. Yeah, Christians are supposed to be nice. And she just seemed, well, of course, she was probably working for her tip. But she just seemed super nice, amen? And, um, and I said, are you a Christian? She said, oh, I used to go to church, but I, I, don't, I, don't, you know, I don't go to church anymore. I said, why, why, why not? And she always acted like it was, a, you know, that was when I was young. I grew out of church, you know. I, I grown up, you know. And I'm like, man, you, you, you know, the Bible says, Jesus said, you've got to be like a child to enter the kingdom of God. In other words, you've got to have childlike faith. You've got to keep believing no matter what it looks like. And, and sometimes, you know, and then she said she had a bad experience at church. And, and then, I, then she started re- revealing some things to me. Uh, she didn't go in detail. But I, I, but I just said, man, you know, get back to God. God wants to give you that abundant life. And, and, um, and so, you know, I, I, I sowed some seeds of love. And we're called to sow seeds of love to those around us. That's how you keep that abundant life flowing is by being a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we want to unveil, you know, there's a veil over unbelievers lives, but we have the power to remove that veil off their their eyes and by by revealing to them Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to say this. The devil is behind every false religion out there. He's, be, he's behind every false thought out there. Uh, he's, he, the devil's behind that. He, he, he's, he's a master at deception. And, you know, in John 10, 7, 10, it says here, because some people say, well, you know, Christianity, you know, uh, it wasn't the first religion. You know, there was other religions that came. That's true. Jesus even said it in John 10, 7, 10, it says that Jesus said to them, just because something came before Christianity doesn't mean it's true. Amen. And Jesus said to them again, most surely I say to you in John 10, 7, 10, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep, all who ever come before me and thieves or robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and, and find pasture. Notice it says here that, that they who came before me are thieves and robbers. What am I saying? I'm saying that, that any, anything that came before Jesus before Christian, and anything that comes after are thieves and robbers. It will not deliver. It's not the real McCoy. And Christianity is the real McCoy. It's a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. It's walking in the abundant Zoe life of God. It's taking on the God character in your life. 
I'm going to say this right now. God's not sad in heaven. He's not weeping and crying over, you know, people not receiving him. No, God's laughing at the people that are trying to come against him. The Bible says he laughs his enemies to derision. God's a happy God. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying today? And we need to get in that boat. We need to get happy as well. John 10, 10 said the thief came not to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and, and I'm reiterating this scripture. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The devil is behind sickness, and, he's be, and, and he is behind all, I really believe this, and Smith Wigglesworth believed that the devil is behind all sickness in one way or the other. And so we need to get a revelation of that, but Jesus is behind healing. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we see here in Acts 10, 38, that, that who does the oppressing is the devil. Who does the healing? God. When we get a revelation of that, we can partake of that heavenly calling to be healed. Colossians 2, 15, it says this, because we do have authority. And it says in Colossians 2, 15, having spoiled principalities and powers, amen, he made a show of them, uh, of them openly, triumphant over them, in it. So the, so the devil has been dethroned. The devil has been dethroned twice. I love that. I got this revelation. The devil was dethroned when he tried to usurp his authority over God and in, and in God's, you know, you know, cast Satan out of heaven. And then we know that Jesus said in Luke 10, 18, and he, and, 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 and uh, Jesus said this way, and he said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And so we know that, that Satan was dethroned out of the kingdom uh, of heaven. And then we know here when Jesus went to hell, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Amen. And he, and he dethroned Satan in hell. Glory to God. So really, Satan has no power over a believer. So you could say it this way. Sickness has no power. Oh, I'm preaching today. Because Satan and sickness are synonymous. So if Satan has no power over a believer then sickness has no power to destroy your life. Can I get a witness in the house today? Revelation 1, 17, 18 says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as a dead, and he laid at the right hand upon me, saying to me, Fear not, for I am the first and last. I am he that lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. So this is Jesus. He has the keys of hell and death. Jesus has the power to save people, glory to God, from going to that place, amen? And I'm going to say this. Some say, it, it's, it's, it, it, once you're dead, it's over. It's not even over when you're dead. Because I'm telling you, when Brother Hagen, when he, was, when he, when he wasn't saved and he, and he died in his bed, his spirit was leaving his body, going down to the pit of hell. But you know what? His grandmother was a praying grandmother. And, he, and, and before he was, he came up, you know, Three times, the third time he came up praying the salvation prayer. So I'm going to say this, it's never over. It wasn't over with Lazarus when, when Jesus raised him from the dead. And it's never over with us. Amen? Why? Because God is with us. He's for us. And he's going to help us. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So I'm going to say this. Number one, we must take authority. If we're going to walk in victory over sickness, 
We must take authority over our enemy that's trying to dominate our body. We must take authority. How do you do that? How do you take authority over the enemy trying to take, uh, you know, uh, to try to take over your body with sickness? Well, you know, in Matthew 18, 18, it says this way, For I say to you, who, whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So what do we do? We bind the operations of the enemy in our lives. We take authority over that. Maybe there's wrong thoughts coming in your head. You take authority over those wrong thoughts. Maybe there's symptoms that are attacking your body. You take, you, 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 you take authority over those symptoms. How do you do that? You say, no in Jesus' name. I was, I was reading this one book on, on healing by Norval Hayes. And uh, Norval Hayes walked in the miracles of God. And uh, he was going upstairs one day and his knee came, went out. And his knee just, just went out. What, uh, I think it was, I'm not too sure what knee it was. And, but he started speaking to it. No, in Jesus' name. No, devil, you're not going to mess with my knee. Right. And, uh, and so it would go out, you know. And so, and so, you know, it just didn't happen once. He would walk up the stairs again. He would go back out. He's no, devil, in Jesus' name. Not, not this time. Not this time. And he, and he said he didn't care what, if people were listening to him or not. He didn't care what people were listening. He didn't care how they, he didn't care if there were people around. He was speaking to, he said, Nee, you're getting in line with the word of God. You're healed in the word of God. You know what? It took six months. His knee would go out again. His knee would go, but he kept speaking to it. And after six months, he was walking up the stairs and glory to God, it didn't go out. And it never went out afterwards. What am I saying? There's power in our words. We have to take authority over the enemy that's trying to attack our lives. And it may take a process of time. And some of us don't like to, we don't like the process. But that process of time is time that that our faith is developed so that we can kick the enemy in the backside. And some of us are in faith development even today. And we're not walking in full faith in every area of our lives. And you have to keep speaking that word, believing that God's word is working no matter what. Number two, we got to get into agreement with God's word by confessing the scriptures pertaining to our situation. I love that. That's the reason why we have the healing scriptures out there and we have who why we are in Christ out there. Because you got to get a revelation of who you are. You got to get a revelation of what God has done for you. And you need to start speaking it out loud. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my savior. It, it's, it's, it's confessions. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that's not just for salvation. That is, a, that is a scripture that we use to get people saved. Romans 10, 9, 10. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Yes, yes, that's a great scripture. But also you need to start confessing with your mouth and believe in your heart that you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. And you just don't submit to it. Most people would not be like Norval Hayes. After about the second or third time, I need to go to the doctor. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's it. It's not working. <laughs> Who told you it's not working? That's right. <laughs> Who told you that your faith isn't working? You know, well, these symptoms telling me that my faith isn't working. Well, the symptoms are subject to change. That's right. That's right. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? They're subject to change. The situation is subject. God's word is eternal. And the circumstances that we deal with in life are subject to change. Everything's changing all the time in this world system except for the word of God. Amen. So we got to get an agreement. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together unless they're in agreement? No, you cannot walk together with somebody unless you're in agreement with them. And we got to get an agreement with God. Psalms 107.2 says this way, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So what, what, is, what, what we need to do, we get in agreement with God's word. We need to let God, the devil, people around us know that we are redeemed from sickness. We are redeemed from poverty. We are redeemed from a bad attitude. Glory to God. We are redeemed. Amen. Amen. We got to get a revelation of that. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says it this way. One of my favorite scriptures in healing. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. Amen. So so Jesus paid it all. He paid the whole price. Number three, determine that your healing is not just a promise to pursue, but established fact in the mind of God. Your healing was consummated the day that Jesus was crucified. 2,000 years ago, your healing was paid for. Amen. It's, it's called the finished work of Christ. What does that mean, the finished work of Christ? That means that Jesus already paid the price for our healing, for our prosperity, for our blessing. Jesus already paid it. It's already finished. But we got to believe it's finished. You got to believe it's finished. Amen. First Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins on his own body and tree, that we having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. And like I always say, if you were, you are. You're healed. It goes back to the cross. Peter's looking back to the cross, that we were healed by the stripes of Jesus. Get in agreement with other believers. If you're dealing with a battle in your life, whatever it is, sin, sickness, get in agreement with other believers to help you. You know, my mom is amazing. We get together. We pray all the time. And even we even uh, confess the healing scriptures one to another, each other on the phone. She's, she's amazing. And, uh, and you, need, you need to get a, a faith partner. You need to get somebody. Hopefully it's your spouse. <laughs> Get a faith partner, glory to God, and, and, and start partnering with the Word of God. Don't just make your religion private. No, make it public. And get with your spouse and, and get into the Word of God and get into agreement. Amen. In Matthew 18, 19, it says, again, I say to you, that two or, uh, if, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that, that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So we see this. There's power in agreement. So when you get in agreement, there's deutimous power that comes to pass, glory to God. It's, in other words, you're greater, there's greater power in numbers than being solo. That's the reason why God created church, because when we are together, 
there's there's dunamis power that, that, that bring, brings us together, amen, that, that creates a corporate anointing that sets people free. Amen. Number five, always evoke the name of Jesus. Always be evoking the name of Jesus. Call out the name of Jesus as often as possible. Listen, if you get attacked with a symptom, say Jesus. Amen. Evoke the name of Jesus. I like in Acts 3, 1 and 8, which is a powerful story. And let me just read this. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple of the hour of prayer. At the ninth hour, a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. So we see that this man was, he was, uh, you know, a cripple since, since he was born. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So, so, uh, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. See, this is the key. If you're going to walk in the healing power of God, you've got you to gotta, you gotta have an expectation that God's going to move in your life. See, what Peter and John was doing when Peter said, look at us, he was getting them, he was getting that man to, 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 to bring up his, his expectation level to believe that he was going to receive something. Your expectation level to believe you're going to receive something from God has to keep going up. You have to keep expecting. What you expect is what you're going to get. And so here, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What did Peter do? He, he used the name of Jesus. He t- took the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Lord to the glory of God. And we need to use that name of Jesus. He used it on that crippled man. And he said, and he took him by the right hand, lifted him up. Immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he leaped up, stood, walked and entered the temple with him, walking, leaping and praising God. Amen. I'm going to say this to you. But before the end of this service, you're going to be walking, running, leaping, and praising the Lord because the anointing of God is in this place to set you free. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Always evoke the name of Jesus. Always have an expectation mode. Evoke praise and thanksgiving. Be thankful. Maybe there's not everything working in your body, but be thankful for what is working. Don't get, don't get disgruntled because you're dealing with a symptom. Don't get, yes, you can get angry at that symptom. I think that's a good thing. But you get angry at the enemy trying to put it on you. And then when you get, have enough, then you start speaking the word. Start praising God. Start praising God. Psalms 8, 2 says, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. It shuts down the devil in your life when you praise God. What you're doing is you're magnifying the bigness of God. And what you're doing when you're praising God, you're saying the devil's not that big in your life. The the sin that you're battling is not that big in your life. The problem is not that big. No, God is bigger. The promise is bigger. You must believe that. The promise is bigger than the problem. And when you're praising God, amen. When you're giving thanks to God, amen. 
you're going to see God's power in your life. We know that happened when, when, in John 11, when, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Glory to God. We know that Jesus prayed a simple prayer right before he raised Lazarus from the dead. He said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. And I'm going to say this, that if you're in Christ, God always hears you. And if God hears your prayer, you have your answer. And when Jesus said, God, I thank you that you always hear me. He thanked the Father before the miracle happened. If you start thanking God that he's hearing your prayers, I'm saying this to you this morning, that that you're going to have your answered prayer, especially if you're in agreement. Because when two or more are touching anything in his name, it shall be done, bar none. Glory to God. And then you need to institute prayer power. What do I mean by that? James 5, 14 and 16. If there's any sick among you, amen, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. So you need prayer power. Now, some may read this, and Brother Hagin read this one time, when he was sick and on the bed of affliction, and he had an incurable blood disease and a heart problem. And he read this, and he said, I don't know any preacher that practices this. I don't know a preacher that, that puts anointing oil on people. And he was freaked out about it. He read this, and he thought that was the only way. But the Holy Spirit said, notice it says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And so what the revelation he received from the Holy Spirit was, and the Holy Spirit said, you can pray the prayer of faith over yourself. You can pray the prayer of faith over yourself. In other words, it's not just God's power that makes it happen. It's your faith. The woman of the issue of blood that, 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 that had an issue of blood, that had a problem with blood flow in her body for 12 years, touched the hem of Jesus' garment, and Jesus turned and said, Who touched me? Power went out of him, and, and he saw her, and amen, and she said it was her, amen, and he said, Daughter, go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. And if her faith can make her whole, your faith can make you whole. And I'm going to say this. I'm trying to close out. One of the keys of walking in divine health is hearing, is hearing the word and believing it and acting upon it. Hear the word of God. And you're uh, listening to the word of God. God's divine call for your life is for you to walk in divine health. Did you receive it today? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love today. I thank you, Father God, for every person here. Maybe some are battling sickness. Maybe they're battling poverty or whatever. I know your power is present to set them free. Perhaps you're here today as a uh, visiting. Maybe you're watching online and you, you have never experienced the love of God. You, you, the, the Bible says that God, uh, his, his day of salvation is today. And so if you've never experienced that, that salvation, you need to experience today. And, and I want to lead you into a prayer that you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Say this out loud and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. 
I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.